Folks, I haven't done a podcast in a while. The reasons are simple. The videos and articles I've done are far more popular than the podcasts have been. My average article on talk markets reaches more people than every podcast I've done combined. It also receives more comments than every podcast combined. When you consider the relative effort and the real-world limits on my time, the podcast has been losing out. The thing is that the podcast is a far better format for certain things. It is far more personal. And so this episode is going to be far more personal. When I was growing up, I segregated people into two groups. There were those who influenced the world through their personal interactions, leaving deep impressions on those few they touched. And there were those who influenced the world through mass impact, leaving shallow impressions on many more people. I've always aimed for the mass side of the equation. It isn't that I've had tremendous success in this area. I've sought this path because of how I deal with pain. When they encounter pain, some people engage with it by washing themselves in it. They embrace it, and somehow it enriches them, or it destroys them. They grow despondent or angry or simply numb. But sometimes their power to absorb helps others get through times of trouble. I've never been that person. I engage with pain through analysis. I try to mute the emotions and replace them with thought and action. I often analyze why the pain is there, which is a source of a lot of my theological thought. At the same time, I analyze what I should be doing about it, often within that theological context. I'm not talking about prayer or repentance. I'm talking about building one's own soul through challenge. I grew up in a world of pain. Not physical pain, but emotional. My eldest brother died a year before I was born in a horrible and preventable accident. He was seven. More than anything else, this defined the emotional reality of my childhood home. You can either be washed away by such a thing, or you can try, somehow, to come to grips with it and what it should mean for you. I'm nothing special in the experience of pain. I know listeners to this podcast have been through, although it can be hard to imagine, even worse. In fact, I've had many, many blessings, and I've always had many, many blessings. I've been able to contextualize, analyze, and build from the challenges I've faced. Sometimes, though, it has taken years or even decades to do so. Like many of you, my experience of pain is not always personal. Many people listening to this podcast grew up on a Holocaust diet. That is a pain that courses through our families and our culture. Many respond with one of two formulas, remember so that it will never happen again, or armor up so that nobody can make it happen. Each of these responses has its limits. We now live in an age of Jewish imperialism and Jewish privilege, whereby by very virtue of our successes in protecting ourselves, and in many other ways, we are to be condemned. That will have to be the subject of another episode. Many people listening to this podcast were and are troubled by wars in Darfur or the Congo or Syria and Iraq. This is often distant pain, which we teach ourselves to ignore. There is seemingly nothing we can do aside from support for military action or accept more refugees. We often make a hash of things, our own political ideas so deeply coloring our responses that we fail to understand what is going on or how to influence things effectively. I was fundamentally disturbed by these conflicts particularly the war in the Congo. And in the face of them, I spent decades trying to come to grips with how to actually make things better. 
I wasn't satisfied by what I saw on the left or the right, and I wasn't satisfied just ignoring what was going on. Then I spent several years writing a book that used what I had learned. That book, The City in the Heights, is meant as an archetype for how to deal with the sorts of cultural issues that drive these conflicts. I wrote it not because of some deep regional knowledge, or because I was a member of a think tank or a professor who had to publish something. I wrote it because of pain. I saw human life and human potential being wasted, and I needed to try to understand what could be done to save it. I imagine few people listening to this podcast cried about the Asian financial collapse of the late 1990s, but I did. Asia recovered well, but the issue of financial collapse and its implications on the lives of individuals continues to trouble me. That's why I write about monetary systems and the management of debt. Today we face a new pain, not the virus. It is simply a new disease in the world and we will learn how to manage it. We are learning how to manage it. Our best minds are tackling treatment and prevention and it is truly impressive what we are doing. There is nothing I can add to that infrastructure. No, the new pain for me is the cultural and social and economic pain caused by the virus. I live in Israel. Almost 25% of the workforce is unemployed. In the U.S., the total unemployment isn't far from that. Both countries keep decent statistics. But we don't see the tens or hundreds of millions unemployed in the developing world. We don't see the 27% rise in the price of food in Pakistan, even as incomes there have collapsed. It is this pain, the waste of human potential and even human life, that has driven my articles on dark markets. The virus has laid bare the weaknesses in our approach to so many problems. These are weaknesses I happen to have been studying and trying to understand and address since I was a teenager. But instead of watching people search for answers, I see them embracing the conflict itself. Amazingly, so many people seem to define their positions based on their feelings about Trump, Boris, Macron, or Trudeau. Perhaps because these personalities are there, people are searching for victory instead of success. The first problem I see is that our tax and welfare systems, our healthcare systems, our policing, and even our educational systems undermine human empowerment and fulfillment. The second problem is that our ideas, both left and right, are handicapped by the limits of the ideologies behind them. In a recent piece, I compared society to teaching a child how to ride a bike. You can't leave them on training wheels forever, and you can't just leave them to figure it out for themselves. You have to have systems that balance support and challenge and help empower people to live lives in which their potential is realized. But we don't do that. Instead, we waste so much human potential. So much of this loss is unseen. We will never know what never was. And that should be deeply painful. Of course, I can analyze things until the cows come home. I spent decades doing this, and now I believe I have ideas that can help. I've written books and stories and articles. I've recorded podcasts and videos. And I've tried to convince myself that I've done something. After all, I've put myself out there. I know it isn't my fault that few people are listening. But while that might satisfy some feeling of guilt, it doesn't alleviate the pain itself. So much potential is still being wasted. I sold under 200 copies of The City, my most popular book. I sold under 10 copies of Candidate Everyone. While the books might influence people in some hidden way, on the surface they were not at all successful. They have not led to an alleviation of this pain. Perhaps in a few decades the ideas will trickle through, but our crisis is acute. 
My policy articles and talk markets have garnered under 10,000 reads. For me, that is an amazing result. But the ideas have not entered any discourse. Nobody in a position to do anything has talked about them. For me, the reason is clear. People have their camps, either ideological or personal. And my ideas do not belong to any of them. People share and discuss that, which reinforces what they already believe. And my ideas don't ally with anybody's existing ideas or beliefs. So as I watch things burn, I don't feel guilt. I know I'm trying. I also don't feel anger or resentment. This is reality, and it's very hard to bend. But I do feel pain. So much potential is going to waste. And in the echo of this crisis, we will face a decade or more of suffering. The problem for me is that I am convinced that we can do something about it. So folks, this podcast episode is a plea. I'm not trying to score ideological points or prove my intelligence. I'm not trying to win office. The title of the podcast is a joke. I'm not trying to complain. Instead, I'm trying to help. And I need your advice on what to do next. Thank you for listening.